Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Millennium Money Professional. My name's Devraga, and I'm your host. In this episode, we'll go through some of the financial lessons we can all learn from professional athletes both successful athletes and unsuccessful athletes. In the second part of the episode, after the break, I want to profile some famous athletes who've played their money cards well. Let's get started. If you want me to discuss a specific topic, or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or via Facebook. And for those of you that are new to the channel, remember the three main aims, education, empowerment, and entertainment. Now, we've all heard the cliche stories. It's not uncommon we read stories about professional athletes who've earned hundreds of millions of dollars in sporting contracts, endorsements, but end up being broke after their career. Mike Tyson, Charles Barkley, Scotty Pippen, Allen Iverson, Ronaldinho, Chris Keynes, and more. And of course, more recently, Boris Becker. How can that be? We all say that if we ever earned that much money, we'd be wiser we'd be responsible with money. But actually, it's not as easy as that sounds. The financial behaviours that sporting athletes exhibit and then end up being broke, it's something we probably are all tempted to do, even with our lower incomes. As I record this, just before, I read a post from a healthcare worker online in one of those forums who wanted to borrow money to buy a car for personal use. I saw a lot of comments about how it might be a good idea because the interest rates are cheaper for some car loans when compared to perhaps taking out of their home loan or offset account. The mathematics sounds so easy, so simple, but the psychology and the behavioural destruction is not. As healthcare workers and any worker, whether you're an accountant, lawyer, electrician, doesn't matter, I must admit most of us, we tend to think we're someone a little bit more intellectual than the average population. You ask the average person, are you a better driver than the average driver? A lot of them would say yes, even I would say yes. And of course I am. If I can operate a ventilator, for example, how hard could finances be? If I can build a house, how hard can money matters be? If I can go to court and argue my case in front of a judge about a particular corporate entity fraud, then how hard can finances be? If I can perform open-heart surgery, surely finances is not that difficult. Well, the answer is, finances is actually not that difficult. But the difficult part of it is the behaviours. That's the problem. Let's use an example to highlight this principle. Amy is a nurse who's about five years' experience under her belt, and she's recently completed her critical care postgraduate training, which expands her scope of practice. And as a reward, Amy is keen to buy a new car. She does not own a home and has about $30,000 in savings. She needs about $15,000 in emergency funds and has about $15,000 to spare. What are Amy's options? Amy can buy a car for $15,000 and pay cash for it, given primarily the use of the car is for personal reasons. That would be the logical choice. 
or Amy can borrow money in the form of a car loan and an interest rate of, say, 2%. Hard to get, I know, but bear with me on this one. And then place her $30,000 in a term deposit at 4%. She wants to arbitrage her interest rates, so she earns money while borrowing cheaper money. Now, the second option, the mathematics choice is very clear. It's the better mathematical option. Why would anyone use their own money and spend it and lose it rather than use someone else's money in the form of cheaper interest rates and cheaper debt? It makes complete sense. The problem is Amy will demonstrate behaviour now, which can be replicated for other items later on, which can be quite destructive. The safest and the most straightforward answer in this scenario is use the money you have to buy the car. And if you don't have the money to buy the item, then don't buy the car. Or buy a car within your means that you can afford. Now, there are five lessons that I've analysed when I looked at all the data from professional athletes. How can they earn so much money and still end up being broke? Lesson one is professional athletes generally have a shorter career span. Pro athletes have a very short career when compared to the average person. The average person may have a career that spans 30 or 40 years, sometimes changing jobs every sort of five years or so. A professional athlete might only last about three or 10 years in their career. It's very rare for athletes to make it in the business for greater than 10 years at the highest level. 78% of NFL players go broke, according to the Sports Illustrated magazine. That number is 60% for NBA players. On average, 16% of athletes file for bankruptcy within 12 years post-retirement. That stats are staggering. Having a short career span means the athlete must plan for their entire life with their earnings. Now, the other thing for athletes is some of the athletes only get paid during the season. So in the off-season, they often go broke. So they need to plan their life for the entire 12 months. That's because of the variable income. Now, there's been some talk and advocacy in the professional athlete world about spreading out their payments and instalments over the 12 months rather than getting lump sums or just paying through the season, which allows them time and effort to manage their finances. Some athletes do this themselves. They pay themselves first and invest the rest. And just like average people, professional athletes fail to maintain an emergency fund on the whole. So a combination of short careers and large sums of money coming within a short space of time can be overwhelming. And if you don't have systems to deal with it, it can be a disaster. Remember, if you want to do professional athlete stuff or if you have children that are interested in athletics and being a professional athlete and doing sports, I'll definitely encourage that. But make sure they have a backup plan as well because you're often just one injury away from financial and career ruin. So AFL players listen up. Lesson two is lack of financial knowledge. Now, there's a pattern here. This is not unusual even for healthcare workers or any workers. The lack of financial literacy is just staggering. And that's not unusual for professional athletes. Pro athletes see a large sum of money, usually in the early 20s. And usually at that age, not many 20-something-year-olds are prepared to deal with the large sums of cash. Furthermore, these athletes are focusing on scoring points, goals, getting the highest runs, getting the most wickets, and leaving a sporting legacy. They tend to believe that the financial matters will handle themselves. Sound familiar? Mike Tyson, Alan Iverson, they're very good examples. Mike Tyson was a famous boxer. Alan Iverson, one of the best point guards in the NBA. Tyson made over $500 million in earnings, and Iverson, over $150 million. Now, this is in USD. 
Yet, they went broke. They didn't have a plan. Athletes need to enrol into comprehensive money management programs and improve their knowledge. Not unusual for the average person either. This is something pro athletes like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, who's no more unfortunately, and LeBron James did and are doing right now. They learned the power of equity very early on. This is something very rare in the professional athletics world. Lesson three is overspending, again, a pattern. This is a classic mistake, right? We're all capable of doing this no matter what income level we're at. Usually the classic mistake here is they match their spending habits with their peak earning years and leave it at that. They don't adjust it for their latter years post-retirement. When earnings and endorsements dry up after sports careers, the house payments and car payments still need paying. Therein lies the problem. Fundamentally, if you spend more than you earn, no matter what profession, you're going to run into problems and you're not going to out-earn your stupidity. You're not going to out-earn your spending. Spending is usually not always on themselves. It's usually for their entourage, their friends, their family. And having professional and personal boundaries in these situations is really important. And this is common in some ethnicities than others, particularly the subcontinental ethnicity, black athletes, Asian athletes, etc. But generally, the pressure is on for all athletes the minute they make it big time. So, as you progress in your career, and you don't have to be a professional athlete, you can take these lessons into your own life. As you go from, I mean, I'm going to speak about healthcare because that's the industry that I'm well known for and also well known in, and I know the ins and outs of earnings. You become an intern, then you become a resident, your income's going to go up. Live like an intern for a few years. When you become a resident and then you become a registrar, live like a resident for a few years. When you become a registrar, become a consultant, guess what? Live like a registrar for a few years. And when you become a consultant and then do some super specialty fellowship, live like a consultant for a few years. No matter how much money you earn, you need to keep your spending in check. That's lesson three, overspending. Lesson four is tax fraud. Now, surprisingly, athletes get into trouble with tax departments all the time. This is largely due to bad financial advice and bad money managers. The net income is what matters, not your gross income. I see a lot of doctors having this problem they run into this trouble. Remember, most doctors are independent practitioners and they need to account for their taxes while they earn money in gross terms. I've spoken to a number of doctors who don't plan for their taxation. And then come taxation time, they get nervous, they get worried, they go on ATO payment plans. Now, the ATO wants their money. Don't mess with them. Don't have ATO payment plans. Don't have debt with the ATO. I'd consider ATO debt beyond all debt. Creative accounting, in my opinion, is a bit of a red flag. I get the whole tax minimization thing, but athletes, due to their poor knowledge, end up with creative accounting problems. Not unusual for the average person. And again, not unusual in the medical field, who end up with creating accounting problems. Doctors routing their money through shell companies, some people routing their money through Proprietary Limited when they're not allowed to due to the personal services income, not unusual. Lesson five is they become a target. Athletes who are famous are professional targets for malingerers and people who just want to take them for a ride. So expect lawsuits such as harassment, business dealings gone bad, domestic disputes, real estate dealings gone bad, or even criminal charges. You're always on the spotlight, which is kind of stressful, to be honest. And imagine not being able to walk outside in peace. 
And one of the reasons I'm anonymous and people ask me all the time is because I can get out and have my two hour walk with no one hassling me. I can go to a medical conference without the average doctor or nurse or whoever's there talking to me about money because they know who I am. Most of them don't. Makes life a lot easier. Now, the other risk for professional athletes and people of high income is divorce. That's another big one. But divorce in general, across the board, is one of the biggest wealth killers for most people. And it's one of the biggest financial decisions that you'll make picking your partner, no matter what gender. Now, let's take a break. And when I come back, let's see how some of the famous athletes, the professional athletes, have avoided money mishaps. And they've become multi-millionaires or even billionaires from their sports careers. Be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, welcome back. We're talking about lessons that we can learn from professional athletes. I'm going to profile a few athletes here. Um, namely, how many have I got here? I've got about five. And I'm going to talk about some of the lessons that we can learn from these professional athletes who've made it in the athletics field, in the sports field, and in the money financial field. Number one is Serena Williams. Serena Williams is the greatest women's tennis player of all time, hands down. If you haven't seen the movie King Richards, well worth watching. I'm sure they've over-dramatised the events in the movie, but it's based on her true story of how the Williams sisters became tennis powerhouses. Her net worth is around 250 million US dollars. She has her own venture capital firm aiming at minority groups and women, and the profits go back to those causes. She owns businesses in food, fashion, retail, where she utilises her brand power. Serena Williams was a player that has understood the difference between buying stuff and owning stuff. Number two is MJ, Michael Jordan. You can't talk about sporting billionaires without talking about Michael Jordan. His net worth is around 1.7, probably around 2 billion USD. Most of his net worth has been post-retirement. Now, what was staggering about his success in finance is he only earned $90 million during his career, which is a pittance compared to what is being showered upon professional basketball players nowadays. Now, I like MJ as a basketball player. He's one of the greatest, but he kind of comes across as an a-hole. Of course, I've never met the guy, so take this with a grain of salt. 
And we know that he's one of the prolific basketball players of my generation. His best investment so far was buying the Charlotte Hornets, which he has majority control. And he bought it in 2010 for $170 million. And he's turned that organization around. It's now worth about $1.5 billion with Jordan's stake, $1 billion. The Jordan brand earned $3 billion in revenue in 2019 and 2020, despite the pandemic. $3 billion. His association with Nike has made him billions of dollars over the years. He routinely earns $150 million from Nike and their partnership per year. And Jordan was the first player in NBA history to take the NBA to the next level and make it into a global sport and a global brand in the 90s. Who would have forgot the dream team? The best team in the world built in the 90s Olympics. Everyone, including me as a 90s kid growing up in Adelaide, wanted to be like Mike. Now, the lesson that we learned from Michael Jordan is that the value of equity and the power of royalties. Number three is LeBron James. King James. Keeping the theme of basketball, LeBron James is the first player in sports history to become a billionaire while still playing the sport. It's a remarkable achievement for someone who's entered the elite arena at the age of 18 years, straight out of high school. Came from the depths of poverty in Ohio, raised in a single-parent household. This has the hallmarks of a rags-to-riches story. The thing I really like about LBJ is he's an amazing basketball player, but he also speaks out when it comes to social issues. This is something Michael Jordan kind of never did and still doesn't do it routinely. There's a famous quote from Michael Jordan is saying, Republicans buy sneakers too. Now, what that quote was about is he doesn't care who buys his shoes as long as he makes money. I don't think that's the right approach in the modern era. Famously, LBJ turned down a $15 million endorsement partnership with McDonald's and went to a little-owned pizza company called Blaze Pizza. Now, you may have seen those ads on Facebook and on YouTube. It went viral. He worked in the pizza shop and then people bought pizza and then realised it was LeBron James. He invested about a million dollars and now that is worth about $30 million. LBJ also owned parts of Beats by Dre before Apple bought it and that made him a tiny sum as well. He also owns part of the Liverpool Football Club and also owns Spring Hill Production Company. Now, I think LBJ will surpass Jordan and become the world's most wealthiest athlete in the history of sports. He has now played in the NBA for over 20 years at the highest level without any major career or injury setbacks, which is bloody remarkable. And most recently, he's become the greatest scorer in NBA history. Number four is Roger Federer. 24 years in tennis, more than 1,500 matches, 108 ATP titles, 20 majors, and a net worth of around a billion dollars or more. The figure exactly is quite hard to find with Roger. What's interesting that many people don't know about Roger Federer is he had a very bad temper early in his career, smashing rackets left, right, and center. But then he matured as a player. The lesson from him that I've learned is longevity. He turned pro early, and 24 years playing tennis is remarkable without any major setbacks. The other major thing about Roger Federer is he has the image of Mr. Nice Guy. This is critical in any profession, including major sports. And I'll talk about this in healthcare as well. Availability, affability, and ability. Nice people get the money. They get the endorsements. Compare that to Novak Djokovic, who has more titles and arguably a better player. But the optics of Novak is, he's an absolute, you know, Optics matter. 
Federer has endorsements from Rolex, Credit Suisse, Mercedes-Benz, Gillette. And like Jordan, Federer has mastered the art of branding. Now, you've seen his RF logos everywhere, and he's a very high Instagram presence. So the lesson that we can learn from Roger Federer is longevity and branding. And lastly, probably one of my favourite cricket players of all time, Sachin Tendulkar, the little master. Tendulkar, like Jordan and Federer, has also mastered the art of longevity. His net worth is around a quarter of a billion dollars, and there's a famous video on YouTube when Tendulkar meets Federer at Wimbledon, and they all clap. Tendulkar has equity stakes in retail, clothing stores, restaurants, and online ventures. And he also has the image of Mr. Nice Guy. Watching him play, he would never get angry and had a great deal of respect for the umpire's final decision and a great ambassador for the sport. It's not unusual that I would talk to a lot of Australian cricket fans who would say, they want to see Tendulkar score a century. They want to see Australia win. That's how much this guy is loved by the cricketing world. Now, the list goes on and on. Magic Johnson, 700 mil. Steffi Graf, 150 mil. Andre Agassi, 150 mil. Pete Sampras, 150 mil. Floyd Mayweather, half a billion. Shaq O'Neal, a billion. Lewis Hamilton, 300 million. Formula One car driver. So what are the patterns here? Number one is you've got to learn the principle of buying stuff versus owning stuff or equity. Number two is live within your means and pay yourself first. Number three is Plan your post-life, post-retirement life, post-athletic life, life. That's critical. Number four is surround yourself with not your entourage, but people who know money issues. Get financially literate. And number five is longevity. Just like the power of compounding works in your favor, the sooner you start, the longer you play, the more money you earn and the more you save and invest, the more wealthy your opportunity becomes. That's it for this episode. Remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you may be using. I'll leave a five-star review on all of the platforms. That's even better. And please leave a positive review. And on that note, here's a review from Vanster12, who gives 10 out of 10 for the podcast. And Vanster says, I'm a junior doctor. Listening started in 2021. Well-crafted episodes that are structured and easy to follow without unexplained jargon. Have recommended to many of my colleagues. Thank you very much, Venster12. The more ratings and reviews you leave, as in Venster and other people, the more people get access to this podcast. And I'd really try and put a lot of thought and effort into these episodes. I structure them. There's transcripts. You can download them. You can read them. You can listen to them whenever you want. Just spread the message. So please keep the reviews coming. My name's Dev Raga, and this is My Millennial Money Professional. And until next time, please make sure you stay safe. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.